Andreas, Sabdiel, and this is Puff Puff, Puff, Puff Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Bro, Whoa, we're out of like had a seizure. What the <laughs> fuck? Let's redo it. Let's redo it. Let's redo. Let's redo it. Let's redo it. Okay, whenever you're ready. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Yo, it's Andreas, and I'm Abdiel, and, and this, this is Puff Puff, Puff Podcast. Podcast. Oh, yeah. Y'all know what show it is, man. a special episode for you. Yeah, this was a sick one, dude. Yeah. So we just did a podcast with our new homie, Zed. He has his own podcast, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, The Unfiltered Vitamin C. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely check him out. He got a new Instagram page and everything. Yeah, pretty cool. Thanks to, like, social media bringing us together, just finding each other, you know, each doing our podcast, similar interests. He's, like, trying to, like, reach out to the stoner community as well mm-hmm. so and that was interesting because you came up to me the other day like yo this guy from spain hit me up he wants to be on the show and we've been talking about like we need to get more guests and do some more episodes and man i've been anxious since he told me like let's see how this goes because <laughs> it, it can go bad right it can, it, and you know a lot of times people have that neg- they expect the worst yeah. So I'm like, in my head, I was like, man, I don't know this dude. It's a random guy. And it's through the phone. So the conversation could die and it just could get awkward. And man, it's it was complete opposite. No, it was awesome. And like, I mean, the thing is like, he's got his own podcast, so he's doing the same thing. He does it by himself, which is cool. So he can just like, he's really good at like on off and just diving deep into things. Yeah, so yeah. it was super interesting. We talked about a lot. We talked about anxiety. We were yeah. talking about smoking and what it's like in Spain mm-hmm. and differences in culture health um him being from uh his parents from palestine and and venezuela um just so many different top difference between you know certain cultures like you said and and how society looks at people and 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 weed and people that do smoke and just so much we talked about so much it it, it was a really genuine conversation it's a long one too so let's cut to it (laughs) yeah yeah enjoy guys (laughs) So I'm wondering, like, you doing it by yourself, if this ever, like, comes up with you, if you have to, like, not allow yourself to think about things or, like, you hold off certain ideas in your mind and save them for when you're recording? Yeah, I had the same exact issue big time. So, like, my phone, let me, has a, um, so that's, like, the the screen when you open it. Yeah. And then when you slide, there's, like, a little note section. So what I'll do is, is like, if a certain idea really comes, I like take a quick note and then I will just save that for later. Then at the end of the week, when I'm recording at some point while I'm recording, I will like pick up my phone and start going through the notes again and then remember those topics and then start doing it. Or what I might do is have not necessarily a conversation mentally, but at least write down a bunch of things. Like, I don't know if you ever like took like a public speaking class and like had your like notes up with you. Um, 
or like you know like any presentation yeah, yeah, yeah. i guess just like you just have like a, f- a couple of note cards and you're just looking down and you're like okay yeah i know what i'm talking about <laughs> just kind of like that just so that way when i go to talk then i can like enunciate every word properly because it's a serious topic or whatever mm-hmm. if i'm reporting statistics uh you know i want to say the number clearly because sometimes i just speak too fast and i don't even know until i finish the whole thing so even if i do like right now with you guys like if i just like go like too fast just like just let me know because i oh, just no, do that good, shit all the time good, so the, like the notes is just like following along okay this 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 but sometimes i've had conversation with my mom and then wanted to have the same conversation like my half in the podcast just because i felt like i said something and i and i had the same issue I'm like wait a minute that didn't sound like like you said like genuine it just sounded like you know trying to recreate something but it just wasn't as because you feel bad you didn't record in the first place yeah mm-hmm. But that's the issue we've kind of had like <laughs> even from the beginning like what okay how do what are we what are we gonna say how are we gonna talk about it and even the first episode i remember listening through it i was like oh damn because it's crazy when you know you say you talk all the time people talk all the time but when you <clears> hear <throat> yourself talk for the first time mm. you're like oh wow i gotta work on this i gotta work on this communication skill or this communication skill so like how how you improve since the first one would you say like i would say when it comes to the recording aspect Mm -hmm. that the very fact that i was recording myself felt uncomfortable so it wasn't that i was doubting (laughs) myself or what i was saying but just the fact that like i'm talking and then all of a sudden that i know this phone is recording it's right here i just i I would just freeze as if there's people staring at me like i was performing live like for some reason like i would just freeze and it just took a while to get comfortable but i think what helped me with that was um, me rapping, me starting to do that and find my voice through, you know, vocal delivery, like through a performance delivery, I think helped me translate over to a podcast where I'm having conversations, but um, how do I have it in the sort of confidence that I'm being recorded? So I, that was that was my issue was that just to get over that hitch of like, it's, it's okay, like stop doubting, mm-hmm. like how you're sounding or whatever, just talk normally because like you have conversations all the time, just have it like in the background, like it's, it's not even there. You forget about it. I, I, we were nervous. I was nervous as hell, bro. The first one. I remember I was like, oh, God, we're about to do this? Like, is this for real? And we actually had some people in the room with us while we did it. So it was, it was a little more nerve-wracking. Um, yeah. But definitely, like, we'll catch ourselves all the time. Like, dude, it sounds like we're doing a podcast right now. All the time. All just the time. in that zone. Yeah. Especially, like, whenever yeah. we're, we're just chilling in the studio, like, it just automatically, whatever we're doing just turns into the podcast. Like, we get the podcast vibes and just start going into stuff. Mm-hmm. But. And even uh, in just normal conversations with people, like, yeah. do you feel like you've improved just talking to anybody? Yeah, I, I grew up as an only child, so and, and I moved around a lot, so I like I kind of oh, like yeah, okay. grew into the discomfort of always having to talk to different people. Mm-hmm. So it just got easier and easier over time. And then, you know, college helps. Presentations is always a big key, you know, yeah. with the more comfortable you get in general. And then the thing that will frustrate me, though, I don't, I don't know if you guys have it, but I'll start having conversations with people and then remember that I discussed something similar on an episode. I'm like, fuck, why am I having this conversation with this person? I could just tell them which episode to watch <laughs> and they'll, they'll hear me say this shit exactly all over again. I don't know if you guys have that same issue. Uh, not really. I just, I, it, like, came up once recently because we both, like, went on trips and stuff. So I went to Alaska, like, a month ago and then after we put out that episode, it's like, it, it's definitely funny, like, people asking you about it, and I was like, oh, there's, like, an hour of me talking about that post. Like, yeah. I was like, 
Bro, but this man like... saw a whole bear catch a salmon, bro. Yeah, bro. Fuck. That's like, that's like nature in its like most preserved state. You know, like you're on a TV show just watching that shit happen. Yeah, bro. That shit definitely like belittles you. Like you're like, just see how like much more is like going on in like the whole ecosystem and how everything interacts and the whole life cycle and just circle where everything is just you feel like everything's put there for a reason, you know, like mm-hmm. the fish to feed the bear, yeah. the fish to feed the river and the river. And it's all just part of each other. It's cool. So let me ask you, as you were saying, you were only child, bro. And, and you moved a lot. I moved a lot too. And, yeah. and that's definitely influenced my style and how I approach everything. And then music, you're into hip hop. Like who you, who you yeah. got in the top 10 or who's one of your favorite artists? Say that again? Who's one of your favorite hip hop artists? Favorite, like, like right now, or like all time, all time, I guess. Andre three thousand. Okay, so J. Cole, Kendrick, Drake, Kendrick. Yeah. Hey, he's supposed J. to drop a new album this year, bro. Hold on, say that again. He's supposed to drop a new album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I think, um, I think Jay Z was probably like the one of the first one of the first rap songs that i heard and i didn't even know that it was jay-z i was like eight or nine i didn't know what hip-hop was but i heard something in a commercial and then i searched it and then find that i was one of jay-z's songs and then next thing i know i was like blasting it in the patio yeah. and my mom was taking a nap and she woke up and, she, and her and my dad were like staring at me and i was just on the computer just like didn't know what the fuck was going on but i knew something felt right about it it was just some and that's one of jay-z's lyrics uh fuck perspective go with what feels right Ooh. so i don't know what do you guys listen to? Um, basically everything, man. Everything. Yeah. But Wu Tang is definitely one of my top, I guess, in hip hop. Oh, yeah. In hip hop, Wu Tang Clan. Like that's what got me really into uh, listening to just all these uh, different hip hop artists. And that's one thing. Like even before we started working together on stuff, I remember like he had because he you know Spotify playlists, and I walk in and Andreas is playing some Tribe and some Diggable Planets. I'm like, oh, what? You listen to this? He's like, yeah, yeah, this is dope, bro. Okay. And that's some, like, music is, like, one thing that connects us and the show. Like, bro, like, let's talk about this. Because music, anybody, there's a song with uh, by Stevie Wonder where he's like, doesn't matter what, basically, I forget what he says, but it's like, anybody can feel the music. You know, you can feel the groove. Any kind of music, you can feel the groove, you can feel the music doesn't matter where it's from um and that's you obviously said that's a huge influence on you when you rap and do you freestyle on the show or any or rap do your raps on the show i do yeah sometimes i'll i did once or twice like a freestyle while i was listening to something and then other times i sometimes my notes are just mixed between rhymes and mixed between notes of topics uh, so sometimes i don't know which one is which and then i'll look at what i'm reading like oh shit and then i'll just start spitting because that's what i have written but um, I think sometimes a lot of the things before I've like made the track, I started saying it on the podcast. So that's why I, that's the only reason I really listen to the podcast. Sometimes I might have said something and I like take that <laughs> as a note. Uh, but yeah, but what you said about the music, like the truth, like speaks through music, whether or not you understand it. Like J Cole talked about the first time he listened to Tupac, Brenda's got a baby, and he didn't know what the song was saying at all, but he knew there was something truthful being spoken to it. He knew there was something to be resonated. Mm-hmm. He just didn't quite understand it because he wasn't old enough. So yeah, it, you know, you can listen to anything and get anybody moving. Like you'd be surprised. Yeah, oh. I feel like the thing with music is it's this form of emotional communication. 
um, like you communicate through words and stuff, but with like instruments and sounds, um, you create these feelings and can communicate through through emotion, um, like sparking different feelings in people. Um, that's facts. And that's like one of the craziest, like that's how it's like become this universal language because you don't even understand it. Like I can listen to your music um, or I don't know a word they're saying, but still like. <laughs> so like I music, still feel the vibes, bro. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> so. You know, obviously, reggaeton, like, being Puerto Rican, what's, where your family from, or what's the culture that, in the music? From oh, that's rest? funny, that's funny you bring that shit up, because my, um, my family, all my grandparents come from Palestine, my mom grew up in Venezuela, and my dad in Palestine, and I was born in Texas, then moved to Florida, but in Florida, most people thought it was Puerto Rican Where in Florida? Hello, say where, that again? Where in Florida? Tampa. Tampa, okay, you you near yeah. my family. I got family in Kissimmee, Orlando area. Oh, okay, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's one of my, I have Kissimmee in one of my lyrics, actually. I said something about, like, city dwellers and hillbillies from New York to Kissimmee. Yeah, yeah that's funny. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. No cap, that's what they, I don't know how they be talking, bro. But. Yeah, there's, here in Spain, they think I'm Moroccan, but there's one Puerto Rican dude that I met, and he thought, he was the only dude that in Spain has ever said I look Puerto Rican. To everybody else, I'm Moroccan, but I don't know, I guess I have some, like, some uh, ethnical am- ambiguity or something. No, you do, like, I, I, I wouldn't have, <laughs> if you had said, if someone had said, yo, he's Palestinian and Venezuelan, like, no, I, dude, I can't even tell. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I was there last winter and nobody believed me. Like, like a friend of mine thought I was, um, a friend of my grandfather thought I was Egyptian. And someone else thought I was Tunisian. Somebody else thought I was Algerian. So it's like, <laughs> do you do you speak me, any uh, the languages or? Um, I speak Arabic with more of a Palestinian dialect. I don't know how to like read or write, but mm-hmm. I can just like speak. I sometimes like write shit in Arabic that rhymes with things that I say in English. And you know, I speak Spanish like moderately, so I use Spanish a little bit, but I won't carry a full conversation as yeah, well yeah, as yeah. I can like convey myself in English. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, like Venezuela has their has been going through their thing, and Palestine yeah. has been going through their thing. How does that like affect like? I mean, your parents and you, like, because I know, at least for me, whatever's going on back home, it definitely just carries on into your life and 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 shapes you. So, like, what is what do you take from all going on, everything going on? Yeah, uh, when I was in sixth grade, I went. I was living in Panama City, Florida, mm-hmm. by the Panhandle, and I was at a small uh, private Islamic school. So. It, when I was in sixth grade, that's when the Arab Spring started. So in that school, you had pretty much everybody with each country on that list that started through the Arab Spring revolutions. You had, you know, the Quran teacher was Libyan. You know, the math teacher was Syrian. You know, there's kids from those families too, uh, Egyptian too. So it, it was like, you know, it was a real quiet hallway sometimes. Even in like... Um, uh, two years after that Egypt was still going through a lot of shit and my doctor was Egyptian and I remember one day I think it was the uh, I had an appointment Friday and then that Thursday evening or something some explosion happened and 40 people died wow. uh, it was like a bunch of shit going on the next day you could see it on my doctor's face and the way he was you know going through the the whole checkup and everything like you, the, the dude wasn't feeling that well and it's always been a constant thing because you know if you're you know, what you can see with Black Lives Matter, you know, you live in a certain neighborhood and you see certain issues and it seems like the rest of the country doesn't give a shit about it. It's the same thing where you could go through something in your house you feel like, damn, the rest of the world doesn't care about it. 100%, uh, dude. Yeah. 100%. I, that's, 
I remember in college, whenever Hurricane Maria and hit Puerto Rico, you know, being the only Puerto Rican, not just let alone Hispanic in my in the department, you know, the the degree I was going for, you know, nobody said anything, nobody knew, nobody was really, and it's like wow, uh, but. You know, obviously, you're, you're in your community. You realize you got everyone has each other's back. I it's interesting. Like, how do you feel? Because our our roommate, he's he's Muslim, um, and he was telling me how uh, the media portrays Islam and all that a certain way, even though a lot of people you meet, it's not like that. Um, so, how do you feel like about the portrayal versus reality? I think. What it comes down to is like, I, I, like Muslims in the U.S., for example, I don't think are majority Arab Muslims. I think majority of Muslims in the U.S. statistically are blacks and South Asians. Mm-hmm. And I think majority of Arabs are Christians. Because Christian migrants started to come into the U.S. before Muslim Arabs. So like an Arab Muslim is like a very small minority ethnically oh, wow. and religiously in the U.S. But that is the only image you, know you hear when you hear when you hear Muslim, you know what I mean. There's plenty of you know local community black Muslim leaders too. But that's not the idea. You get you know you get a you get an Osama bin Laden looking dude. You know 99 percent of the time when it comes to a Muslim, and um, that's what I, I was like, picturing. You know, I don't, that's what I picture. I didn't know all this like that. They're mostly Christian Arabs that have uh, migrated from that area. Yeah, I think Christian migrants started in with Latin America too, like in the 1890s, um, early 1900s, and then. But I think majority of the Arabs since the 60s to the U.S. have been Muslims. Mm-hmm. And but here's the thing: since the 60s onwards, majority of those Arab migrants have been not just majority Muslim, but also more educated and then statistically have done better than average household families in the U.S. And then a lot of Christian Arabs that came in, you know, a hundred years ago were more peasants and less educated. So. You know, I, I took, um, I studied history. One of my uh, courses was immigration history. So, yeah, sometimes looking at migration, where people move, you realize that the world isn't as uniform as you think. People have been circling around, you know, uh, all the time. Like, Indonesia is like 85% Muslim. Uh, but I don't think Islam is the official religion. I think Buddhism still is. But, yeah. uh, you know, 85% is a pretty large majority. And a lot of countries in Africa, you'd be surprised you meet Muslims there too. But, yeah, the with the portrayal of, of, of a Muslim is is kind of weird because I don't understand because a belief is one thing, you know what I mean? You know, having a but to, for that to be a socialized with the faith because you could say Christian, I, anybody could be a Christian. You know, there's plenty of Palestinians that are Christians. There's other Arabs that are Christians. There's Ethiopians that are Christian. There's people in Latin America that are that are Christians too. So mm-hmm. it's just sort of um, uh, my professor wrote this in his syllabus. Uh, maybe try to compare it was a course on pirates of the atlantic and he was basically saying that pirates used to have such a horrible stereotype uh, during the golden age of piracy that they were deemed like these horrible terrorists but during the peak of piracy there was only about two thousand pirates but they were like terrorized the entire world everybody was always concerned with their ships and their ports and everything about pirates and 300 years later we dress up as pirates and we celebrate them and we do movies and shit like that he was basically saying well in 300 years there? people dress up like some of bin laden and recreate 9-11 in an almost like um commercialized comedic entertainment way just like we do with pirates that's that's yeah, insane bro. i mean i feel yeah. like we do that with everything bro just like anyway like we can make money or turn it into a, some kind of 
scheme or business, like someone's gonna try and do it. That's that's this country, bro. Like, yeah. Everything is is money, money. What can we do to capitalize on this? Capitalize on that. Um, wait, so what did what did you study? Because you, you're saying a lot of what you talk about and a lot of. Oh, uh, I studied topic. history, but I didn't need like a specialty history mm-hmm. um, in Florida. And then my master's now is uh, science, tech, and global studies. It's like some type of like um, new program that the town here has. So it's the reason that I came here. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did you guys study? You guys studied in Colorado? No, no, <laughs> no. We. <laughs> We met each other out in Colorado, but we went to schools in different places. I'm from, I'm originally from Maryland, from the East Coast. Uh, okay. But I studied uh, like graphic design and visual arts uh, out there. Okay. Yeah, and then came here like literally, took my exam online, um, and then the next day flew out here. Wow. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that still blows my mind, even though you've told me so many times. Like, <laughs> when I graduated, I'm dipping. <laughs> I could never. Interesting. So yeah. So how did you two meet then? If you guys didn't go to school together, bro, random roommates. Because I moved here from Tennessee. That's where I got my degree in communications. Okay. So like that's how that's where I found out. Okay, this camera shit. Uh, this is kind of for me. I like this. So gra- graduated. Obviously things weren't going too well. I'm like okay, well I gotta figure something out. So uh, opportunity opened up out right here. And I had a cousin out here, so I was like, okay, I'll go crash with him until I can get my own place. Uh, and then by the time he had to move, I needed to find a, uh, a place to stay. So I find a house with a room available, and he so happens to live here. <laughs> I remember That's that, bro. Cool. What part of Colorado are you guys in? Uh, we're uh, outside of Denver, Aurora. Okay. Is that towards the north? I don't even know. Yeah, it's like the northwest of Denver. Well, oh, actually, no. Okay. We're actually more down south. We're kind of yeah. We're in a weird. It's just like it's like central yeah. east. It's like east of Denver, though. Yeah. Because Colorado seems like it's just like one strip, like Denver, Colorado Springs. Like it just seems like it just goes down like one highway, like all the major places. Yeah, bro. I mean, and basically, the rest of the country like, is just nature. Basically, like along that highway, it's just crazy mountains. Like the first half is all just flat. And then it just mountains come out of nowhere, and Dude, that's the other half. It's insane f- views, man! Insane, just oh, 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 oh the five O's out here, bro. Shit. <laughs> What'd you do, man? What'd you do? <laughs> I have one time. Here's the thing. One time I got paranoid. I was smoking outside the window, and this faces the front street. And then I, as soon as I lit, like literally within seconds, I hear cops. I was like, "Damn, they're good here. Like, holy shit!" <laughs> yeah, they come, <laughs> bro. For for just sniffs it. <laughs> I remember in Tennessee, um, just paranoid all the time, bro. Paranoid all the time, and then coming out here, it's like, it's weird. Nobody cares, but you can yeah. be in Denver. Don't know if you ever been out here or anywhere that's legal. No, I wanted to though. It looks like a cool place. No, you, yeah, you would like it, bro. Um, you go anywhere downtown, especially during an event. Obviously, right now with Corona, there's there's not much events going on, but yeah, even. When it does happen, like you, you smell in the air all the time, and people just do not care. Yeah, cops will drive right past you; they don't care. It's, it's that difference. Like whoa, because my cousin from yeah, Florida, I, I text him, and he's like, "Yo, if you out here, they smell it." People start going like, "Whoa, who's smoking? Who's doing that?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's I up? think 
that's really cool that you could be like that because one thing I've learned is if I have to pretend that I'm not high, then I don't, I don't, there's no point. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like if I have to try to hide it, like the fact that like I'm still functioning, you know what I mean? But when that stigma starts to play into your head and then you know and you start to see yourself the way other people are going to see you. Because I used to be fine here in Spain knowing that I'm high and everybody sees me like with red eyes. Like I, I didn't care. But when you start to like realize that like, oh shit, you know, they see a high Moroccan walking around. I'm the first person somebody, a cop wants to stop for something. You know what I mean? It becomes yeah. like if I have weed on me, it's another issue. So it's like, you know, to have that paranoia is like, damn, you know, this anxiety was the complete you know, this wasn't the part I was trying to kill my anxiety. I wasn't trying to like give myself more anxiety. And that's that's funny how you say the what's I guess because of society's view on it, what it's supposed to cure is actually causing it to happen more. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, that's perfect, bro. Because a lot of times, you know, you'd be fried, and then you're you're like, well, do I look stupid? Am I saying something stupid? Yeah. And then in turn, sure. because you think that, you actually do something stupid. You say something stupid, you start acting silly. <laughs> Versus when it, whenever you don't care, like, you know, with a, like around Andreas or other people here, it's like, people don't really care. It's, you're, you're yourself and you're actually more chill and people are, okay, he's chilling out. Yeah. People actually can't even notice sometimes, to be honest. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like... I tell people this all the time because you would get this from people if like if they know you're high everything you do even if it would be something you normally do like <laughs> dancing or rapping or running around or stretching or just sleeping and eating like whatever like normal shit all of a sudden it's like oh it's because you're high like oh well, damn you're so high because you're doing this like what the fuck but if you don't know that i'm high then all you see is oh this dude's just running around this person's just playing basketball this mm -hmm. person's just playing video games just watching a video they're just staring off into the stars all of a sudden it just looked like normal normal people's shit because that's what it is normal people's shit 100%. it's just it's, it's weird 100 percent, bro and yeah, bro you can't be around someone like you got to be around someone who knows what's up like yeah i've had that happen before and it's just not it totally like puts you in a weird state um what do you mean like when people know you are and they kind of have that judgmental just assuming that like you're doing things because you're high or acting in different ways because you're high and you're like Nah, it's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just high. Like, yeah. I'm just doing my thing. <laughs> yeah. One thing I've learned, though, is like, because um, this summer I didn't smoke as much, and then I, and, and it, it became something that was giving me more anxiety, and I was dealing with other things, so I just didn't smoke at all. So now that I've started to smoke a little bit more, I've been, less has been so much more for me. Like, I've needed so much less to feel like a state of high. What I've realized is with the experience, too, that sometimes smoking too much reverses itself. Like, a little bit does its job, and then too much all of a sudden defeats its purpose, and it's like a reverse. So now that I've, like just felt relaxed not necessarily like high like like it's not like a friday night out it's just me out on the streets and shit like just feeling not feeling the high as much has made me like mm -hmm. less stressed that i like i sort of like look high you know what i mean because yeah. like my eyes used to get like really red in my um <laughs> when it's dilated but like right now like it looks normal like i smoked yeah. like 30 40 minutes ago just like a few puffs and then look at his as stomach, long as, bro. yeah <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so you said 30 40 and you and it's and you're fine 35 minutes ago yeah shit yeah it's been a long time and here's the thing i was also reading about that thc dilates your blood vessels so you get more blood pumping and then your blood pressure decreases and when your blood pressure decreases your heart rate increases because it's trying to get that same amount of blood flowing through your throughout your body 
So that mm. makes your heart rate increase. And then some people feel like the heart rate increase is giving them a heart attack and, and that panic, leads them to yeah. go into a panic attack. Yeah. That's that's the worst, dude. Yeah. That is the worst. That's but it's a but it's just normal. It's just your body doing its normal thing. Blood pressure, you wait, you know, you relax. Blood pressure dropped. Heart rate starts increasing, and now it's like twenty four. It's like a hundred beats a minute sometimes for me, which I think, fuck, I'm gonna die. Like what the <laughs> hell? But it's not like it's not like the weed is giving me paranoia. I'm just anxious about my own body because I don't understand why my body is reacting this way. Yeah, that's one of the funny things about getting high is like you have to like relearn things because everything feels like, like you get a new perspective and every like normal function you do feels so different. Like I remember like one of the first times when I really got high and just walking around, I felt like this robot, like my ro my legs didn't make sense how they moved. Like, <laughs> they were kind of like, I was in a video game and it was just like, I was in control of them, but I wasn't, it was just watching them. And like things like like going to the, like peeing like taking a piss like was so weird. Dude, doesn't it feel weird when you pee? It's like a waterfall is coming out of your <laughs> like, penis. Like it's like squirting. It's like what the fuck? Yeah. And then bro, and then thinking about like your insides, and then then just this bladder full of like liquid, and you're just slowly like draining it out, and like it. Oh yeah, it's weird. <laughs> worst experience, dude, was well not worst, but I've told him about it. Uh, going to so Red Rocks is one of the biggest <laughs> venues. He knows Red Rocks is one of the biggest venues and like music venues in the country. Uh, it's literally outside and it's an amphitheater made out of rock, red rocks, like literally. Um, and it was to see Wu Tang Clan. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. I went by and so by myself. So obviously that's one thing. Like, don't go by yourself if you're gonna. That's just gonna cause just maybe some anxiety. You've never done it before. <laughs> So I'm chilling, but you know, a little f fact: it gets cold as hell out here. Like I think we got a couple more weeks before it starts getting cold. Oh yeah. I mean, it's snowing. It's surprisingly cold because my cousin lives there, and I've seen like temperatures and shit. I'm like, wait a minute, for west? But you guys have high altitudes, so you're close to the, to you know when the sun dips, it's like it's cold as balls. Bro, yeah. it snowed a couple weeks in September. Like, dang. Yeah, I've never seen that before in my life, so that's <laughs> no. um so it's already cold as hell. <laughs> so I guess the thing about people y'all here too is just like a huge just smoker community, so a dude gives you a little sativa and you know obviously a head high, so I started tripping, man. It was so cold, I thought I had pissed myself. No way. Yeah, dude. I was fine, but I thought I pissed myself, it was so cold. And then people that were sitting next to me were leaving. So I was like, oh my God, do I smell bad? I was just tripping the whole time. And then Jedi Mind Tricks uh, was a uh, an act before Wu-Tang Clan came on. And they start chanting, die, motherfucker, die. So in my head, I was like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. So I had to walk to the bathroom, splash water in my face. Like, you're not going to die. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. So yeah, for sure, bro. Those panic attacks are the hundred percent the worst, dude. Holy shit! I've thought I've shitted myself once, but the crazy thing was I wasn't even that high. I just literally those like those some I, like it just sweat or what it was, and I'm just like, dang, did I shit myself? And like, did I pee myself? So you and, like, start, and you start to, getting up. And just... I was trying to touch my pants to like feel it, and then I was like smelling my hands, my ass, like how did I shit myself? And I was like, what the fuck's going on? And I was like, because I have. Here's the thing: when you know you have anxiety, and then you smoke for anxiety you got to be careful of when it's like it's not the high it's you like you have anxiety you need to realize that that you are going to freak out over shit and you just need to like relax and take your step and you know take your steps to calm yourself down because mm -hmm. it's like 
you know, going to the, like, taking a pre-workout or whatever, protein shakes, it can help, but you still need to do your workout. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, taking exactly. weight can help me, but I still need to do my own things to make sure that I'm still good. You know what I mean? It's exactly. not like a cue for all. Like, um, I feel like people that, like, critique us or, like, will, will stigmatize, you know, really try to underestimate it a lot of, of what a medicinal plant can offer. And then I feel like a lot of people that do use it will, like, tend to overestimate exactly how much they're, you know, benefiting. Mm-hmm that's that's happened to me bro you're not the only one i've thought especially when you're with other people you gotta sneak those checks like did i really shit myself like is it okay i'm good i'm good but no you're right bro like i mean what do you do i mean because why, why do you do you get anxious and yeah bro i mean i feel guns like with what you're saying i think of like marijuana as a tool um and it all depends how you use it because like with anything like there's that saying like you could build a house with a hammer or you could tear a house down with a hammer. Like, it depends how you use it. And, like, yeah. with smoking and getting high, it takes you to the state where you can uh, understand and, like, start to overcome your anxiety. Um, but, like you were saying, like, you have to put in work. And, I like, for me, like, weed helps unlock it because, like, you see things in a new light. Um, and it just – part of it is, like, the paranoia and – for me, like, the paranoia has always been, like, eye-opening to, like, areas in my life where I'm not satisfied with myself. But they're, like, things that you kind of, like, tuck away and you, like, don't think about it. Mm. But then the weed, like, brings it up and it comes in this form of, like, paranoia. Um, and then, like, the weed just makes me, like, understand, like, that's what's triggering my anxiety. And it's all building on top of each other. And I have to, like, infiltrate it from the bottom and tear it, like, down brick by brick. Like, yep. A lot of it is just these, like, um, just, like, habits I've, like, built without realizing um, just ways of, like, thinking where, like, you, like, so, like, a negative thought comes and it just triggers the same. It's like this cycle where it just keeps triggering either mm -hmm. other negative thoughts or the same negative thought. Over and over. Yeah. And, what? like, through smoking, like, you kind of, like, are able to see it in a different way where like sometimes maybe it's like paranoia and you're like scared of it or other times you're like have this like profound thought where you like are able to push past it yeah dude and that was a good point man because a lot of times like at least for me first first uh because everybody when they first start smoking at least when especially when you're younger um you kind of just do it because that you know it's cool everybody's doing it it's chill um, I mean, especially in states like Tennessee, where it's not legal. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm cool. You know, I got to meet the plug, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, at Walgreens or something on the corner, right? Or some parking lot. You don't even know who it is. Um, but yeah, dude, like, at least for me at the time, it was kind of just doing it for fun. And maybe as an escape. So when it triggers that anxiety, it's like, oh, I'm freaking out, blah, blah, blah. So then stopping and then coming back um, and then realizing, okay, what's going on, right? Let me figure out. And then you start – because a lot of times, man, there's some certain strains that get me thinking and then certain things from the past come up and I and I start thinking about yeah. it. Like, okay, what what's – why is this affecting me now? Okay, I, I got to move past this. And you become a better person from it, 100%. And to be honest, to be honest, like, yes – you know, if you have anxiety and then you smoke, you might get panic attacks. Uh, you might feel a lot anxious sometimes from it. 
But I feel like because of that, I feel like it's weights, right? When you do weights, your arms get sore, right? Mm-hmm. But eventually... The muscle tears, but it rebuilds. Yeah. Rebuilds so that whenever you actually got to pick something up that's super heavy, you're fine. So like, I, I feel like, yeah, maybe you get panic attacks, maybe you get anxiety, but then whenever you don't smoke and you're in that same situation or maybe a similar thought comes up, you're like, oh, it's fine. You know, I'm better than that. I can, it's not true or whatever is going, you know, and you grow from it, bro. You grow from a hundred percent. Like that was a good point to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good thing you brought up as well, Andre, with the, the negative thoughts and the cycle. Cause I've had that happen too. And it's like, you know, you get back to thinking again, back to the amount, like that I smoke too much. Is this what causes anxiety or is because I'm a person with anxiety dealing with anxiety? Cause I used to say that like weed and in a social setting, especially why it's like so communal. Cause I feel like it cuts the bullshit. You know what I mean? You start smoking something together and it's like all of a sudden I'm not looking at you in any other way other than like, I'm feeling good. I know this person's feeling good. And all of a sudden you start talking about real shit like there's nothing like that feels uncomfortable it's not like being drunk you know what i mean where you're just like have, you know your judgment and vision are not impaired you're still there but all of a sudden you're People comfortable that, enough though. to be with somebody else and just just talk you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i feel like when you're with yourself and then you have those sort of negative thoughts of anxiety it's just sort of that cycle of like that conversation you're having with yourself even if you don't know you're having it but you are sort of there becoming accepting with yourself and more comfortable with the idea of those negative thoughts. You know what I mean? Like, don't treat as a negative thought. Like, just observe what you're feeling. Don't become what you're feeling. Just, like, observe it and try to, like, critique it and learn from it. And then, like you said, so you can, like, grow from it. And then later in the future when you have other issues, you're like, wait a minute. You know, I've already dealt with other personal things before. But, yeah. I I think because so many people are, like, feel scared to, like, tap into their thoughts that's why so many people choose to be extroverted most people probably are introverted but the fear of being alone makes us choose to be around like toxic people like all the time you know we want to be around people more than we just want to be alone you can be happy alone yeah but you don't think being around people is going to be a recipe for happiness that i have people it's the quality of your relationships not the quantity that's a gem right there bro yeah dude for real because a lot of people are scared. They're scared to be in their thoughts. They're scared to be who they are. So maybe being extroverted and constantly going out. And I'm not, not you know, no judgment. So people like to have fun. Yeah, yeah. Everyone likes to have fun. Of course. Oh, yeah. But there are people that do it because they don't want to be alone in their thoughts. Um, and once you are, man, it's crazy how when you're able to be alone, you tend to not be alone because people want to be around you. They're like, oh, what is so? What is up with this dude? Like, why is he always smiling? Like, why does he always seem happy? (laughs) And and people just come to you. That's something. And you brought something really interesting out when, when you're smoking with other people, all the bullshit gets cut out, and you're able to just talk. I've been in a situation where it's the opposite, right? Right. There's no more bullshit. Right. You're just chilling, and you realize, you know, I don't really vibe with this person because all the time we ain't talking. Ain't much to say. We're just sitting there. So it's like, okay. Maybe I shouldn't be uh, hang out with this person. Maybe I shouldn't. They're not, the, you know, we don't vibe. So, you know, you move on. And it opens yeah. up that, I guess, I mean, because like you said, you're not impaired when you, when you smoke. 
It depends. <laughs> I mean, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Can you yeah, say yeah. that again? Sorry, you, you got cut off a little bit. Sorry, I said you're not impaired when you smoke, and Andrea's like, yeah, maybe, God, sometimes. <laughs> uh, but it depends when. But I think for like it all goes back to the culture and the mindset of smoking. Because here in Spain, you know, it's like you go to a cannabis association, it's like a lounge, like a bar, right? So it's like a little bit of tobacco, a little bit of weed. Everybody's having a conversation. What? So the physicality of it, people are like smoking a little bit at a time versus you know you sit around the u.s you know somebody rolls a full blunt they're gonna smoke that full blunt nobody ever goes halfway up a blunt. oh i'm feeling good i should just stop and no. when i was explaining this to like a couple people here that's the first thing he said to me was you americans have this problem you don't know when to stop you don't know when you're feeling good to just stop when you feel good you guys always want more so it, it goes back into like you know how much am i going to smoke how much am i going to you know how much do i need to really enjoy the moment you know what i mean like exactly. do i need to be this drunk or this high you know this influence to be able to enjoy the music and the people around me and it goes all goes back to the people you want to choose to do stuff with exactly bro that's that is american society even with alcohol too like yeah uh because you know you being german like over there they alcohol is fine mm. yeah yeah but here we have like a bench problem you know, in college, it's like bingers. Everyone wants to just get blackout drunk, you know, or just get so fried out of their minds they can't get off the couch. Um, so, yeah. like, it's, yeah, I didn't know, like, you know, people from other countries saw it that way, like, you Americans. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's super true, though, because, like, you are saying blunt, but, like, most of the time, like, it's, like, multiple blunts, like, people, like, smoking on here, like, um, like, yeah, it's definitely ridiculous. And Roll another one up. Roll another one up. Like, damn, bro. For real. I think, it, I think it was interesting, though, like, talking about how weed and alcohol are both social lubricants. Um, but, like, the differences between the two. Because, like, with weed, um, when you're smoking in social situations, you're often, like, okay with the silence. Whereas, like, with alcohol, you're just, like, this wrecking ball and always trying to fill it, you know? So it's just like constant, like, like loud mouth, just saying shit to say shit, you know? Whereas like weed, like you l listen more and then it just creates this like deeper conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, but then like, yeah, like also like with that, like understanding who you're with more and your relationships with people. Well, cause I've been in situations, man, where I'll be like, hey, I'm good. I'm tapping out. Right. Like man, I'm good. Like uh, that, hey, that that shit's strong. That's some, that's some loud. Like I'm good. Like, oh, you pussy! You 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 gonna punk out? And so that's another thing people wanna. A lot of people wanna like I don't know, embarrass you or, or or kind of just belittle you because you don't want it. And so I feel like a lot of people gotta fix like be comfortable with. And it got to a point right to where. Eventually, I was just like, I'm not a pussy. I just, I'm good. And they're like, oh, all right, my bad. And after, yeah, and yeah, after yeah, that, exactly. it was like, oh, damn, okay. Now it's, I don't feel, you know, bad about having to say, hey, I'm I'm good. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys ever been in a situation like, you know, you keep going because, well, everyone else is. So I don't want to be the first one to stop or only one, like, not doing it. Yeah, I feel like why that ha from what I've seen, why that happens often in like America and like in our culture is like I feel humans have this uh, need for like 
discomfort and like um i don't know like pain just like they need like like we're, we're talking about with like working out where you need to tear your muscles to regrow it that's like something we need as a whole like that's how we grow and develop um and with a lot of american society we grow up like very comforted like we don't have very many worries and shit so kids turn to like drugs like alcohol and stuff and they kind of like use it to like abuse themselves like <laughs> not even like fully thinking about it like that but it's just like um you need some like good with the bad you know yeah. and because balance there's balance to everything there's so much like comfort and little worry and responsibility in our life like the flip side of that is like d extreme like um drug abuse and alcoholism and yeah i don't know it's weird <laughs> so which i i like because so i've been i tell people i don't like scary movies right yeah me I neither i don't like horror movies and they're like why why and you brought up a, a good point how here people's lives aren't as i mean i won't say people's lives aren't hard but compared to other countries it's like you quite privileged right right so I bring up a point how I listen to this comedian. He's like, I don't get why Western society loves horror movies uh, and likes to feel scared. When you go to countries like, I mean, like you were saying, an explosion that killed 40 people. People that live in these areas, they wake up scared every day. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't want to feel that way? Like, And people are like, oh, well, you got a point. You got a point. Um, so let me ask you, so uh, there's some... There's some uh, uh strains like what's one like pakistani kush and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> have you been out there or is it is it good out there is it sticky or just some nice well, i don't know i've never tried any of that and i've never been there but like i've read with certain strains like hindu kush like i was reading like some of the first, earliest traces of weed they found in siberia mm -hmm. like because the climate there was so much different before and that uh, when it grows in the mountains of like Nepal too, I think, and northern India and shit like that, that I'm assuming it's like real sticky and, and you know, and thick and shit. But I mean, I'm curious because, you know, weed grows there, but it also does in, in Latin America too. But those are two different climates. So, you know, you're getting like, um, I think that's like what they classify as like the major between like Asetiva and Indica is just the, the, the type of plant itself uh, being differently. But... I don't know. You have to know yourself, too, because you said that you had issues of, like, an anxiety attack, you know, something that you smoked out with sativa because it's, like, yeah. making your brain go crazy. Like, yeah. you know, I'm already a dude where my mind is moving, like, all the time. I don't need that. Sometimes I just need my body to relax because, like, depression and anxiety have real effects on your body. Sometimes I lose appetite for so long because of anxiety and I don't eat, and that's smoking has helped me with that. Not just, like, the anxiety of, like, mentally, but at least it gives me, like, an appetite to, like, get up and, and cook and eat. Mm -hmm. So I know myself, like, know myself for what I, for not just for what I want, but what I need. What is the purpose? What if what is exactly I need to accomplish? And then that translates into what I'm going to choose to smoke. Because I don't think I've smoked a sativa in a while. I, I prefer indica simply because I don't need to race my mind that much or to feel that um, that energy. But again, it, it all depends on, you know, who you are, how your body reacts. Yeah. It's more of a trial and error kind of thing than anything else. A hundred percent. Because I've seen videos of like, like soldiers out there uh, in I don't know what country and just fields of just cannabis plants just fields bro like like a cornfield 
Yeah. They're just walking through it like, holy shit. But bro, it's you... natural. Like, it grows naturally everywhere. That's why I don't get Like, when, <laughs> like, in the book of Genesis, like, God says, like, wrote that I hear I give you all the plants and seeds and, mm-hmm. and you know, for you guys to bear with. And it's like, shit, it's, I see it everywhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and you bring a good point, good point, like, depression and mental health, bro. Like, because that's... That's what I don't get. Like, people rather, you know, people that say, why are you doing that? But it's a natural plant. Like, you just said, you know, biblically, it's like, use plants. But then people drink all these pills, right? So, like, for example, my my grandmother herself, like, she doesn't take these pills. And she she, she just goes, she hits a really bad place. So she has to take these pills. So it becomes this dependency. Yeah. Where... How many people have you met that, you know, that smoke or whatever, they can, it eventually helps them to the point where they can stop if they want to. And then they pick it up when they, when they, uh, when they have to, or they need to, you know? Um, but yeah, man, I, in my experience, like, especially being in a a state like this, it's, it's amazing that you can see what you're getting. Um, that's true. Although I don't anymore. Um, but having done so like you see like okay this is indica this is hybrid okay so like for me i've been going towards maybe towards hybrid because indica it's been tested too right you know you're not getting pesticides and mold and shit Mm -mm. yeah what what do you i'm never even asked you what do you prefer i like almost always get indica just because like i feel like the same like i'm like like i'm into like skateboarding and snowboarding and like my mind's always go and like i always i'm like using my body and like trying to like do as much as i can so like i i just like use it to like chill out like chill my body mm-hmm. chill my mind like yeah most of the time i'll just like smoke at night and just be chilling like and i don't know too he'll come in he's just grinning <laughs> from ear to ear i'll be like you just smoke he's like yeah, yeah bro because <laughs> like all day it's just like going like full fully on and then i just like yeah it helps me like kind of wind down and turn off mm-hmm. um but it's interesting because I feel like I definitely know people who are dependent on weed, like. Yeah, yeah, of course, like who, so like, many. Yeah, <laughs> who like I don't know who they'd be without it, you know, like, <laughs> like, um. So I feel like I don't know if it's more, because it's definitely like a person thing. Like it depends on the person and like who you are, um. But yeah, and like comparative, like weed isn't something that's gonna like hook people, but there are people who will become dependent on it just because mm-hmm. that's the kind of people they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a psychological association, the way, like, with porn or, like, an activity, people get addicted to the gym. Like, there's people literally yeah. abusing their bodies working out because you, there's a certain point that you cross and some people are willing to do that simply <laughs> because of, you know, how happy you get doing it, I guess. It's because we had a conversation with our roommate. He was kind of just saying, like, why do, why, why do you, would you do it or why do you do it? And then saying how bad it is and it's an escape but like he like he doesn't smoke at all that's the thing Mm -hmm. um and then he was like yeah he's like questioning us um but like yeah i don't know no no i think because he said it about an escape yeah so like you just said working out pornography man like a lot like we we talked about it actually we we went to date uh talking about dating uh, okay. In, in our generation, and how, and one topic came up was how pornography, man, has is destroyed. I guess. I mean, if you compare men today versus men 
50 years ago, right? Men 50 years ago were maybe more likely to approach that girl, approach, you know, versus now. It, and all this stuff is it's escape. Mm. So, yeah, cannabis, weed can be can be bad if, if it's used as, in that way to escape something. Yeah. And that's the only solution to all that is like it's it's inside of that person to go you know what let me start running away let me actually yeah because you were just talking we were just talking about the anxiety and then like that that stronger that you get from going through those different panic those different things so that's not an escape if anything that's going through that shit head on that's going through it bullshit free if anything you not smoking is the escape because you're afraid of you know seeing and feeling what you actually want to see and feel versus what you try to bullshit yourself throughout the day by saying like you know i don't take anything but you know caffeine and nicotine are drugs and some people smoke and drink coffee every single day and that's their daily thing you know what i mean like the idea of i think a lot of people take pride and like i you know i'm not reliant or dependent on anything or anybody nothing is going to stimulate me in any way but you know food spice that's why spices are invented right that's why most of us don't cook like white people do we like spice the food up and like give shit some flavor that's what weed is it's the flavor of like you can walk around not smoking this ain't true fine, right but this if you want true? a little bit of salt and flavor to your life it's just it's just to light one up shit like, yeah 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 <laughs> i mean is this true is it, is the food season man the food season you, I seen you cook, man. You be, <laughs> I be, I put some. I don't know, man, bro. I don't know what I'm doing cooking. Like, I don't know where the stereotype comes from, man. I just, I do random shit when I'm cooking. <laughs> I'll throw in some spices. I mix some stuff up. I don't know. I don't. Hey, but it's bomb, bro. Yeah. Shit. But yeah, you got a good point. Like, I, I read one time, the biggest drug actually is sugar. Oh shit! That'll kill you too. I mean, you give give a kid. Give a kid some sugar and then try to take a phone away from him. That's true. See how they, because they with, just go nuts. Because with sugar, you also get... Because here's the thing. Fruit is also sugar, too. Yeah. Because it's fructose, but it gets... But it can get... Once you eat it, your body processes as glucose like sugar... And it could be the same thing. And I think like the Chinese have a saying, mm -hmm. basically saying to eat fruits in the morning, not at night, because at night you don't want to give yourself a bunch of sugar right before going to sleep. That's facts. But I will say this with fruits. So I went in a period where it's like, okay, I'm not going to eat no sweets. And I was like on a fruit binge. And then that first piece of candy, I real, I was like, whoa, this is like, this is a weird kind of sweet. This don't. This is like way too sweet. Yeah, it like hurts your mouth almost. You're yeah, like, you're what like, the fuck? like you feel like you're getting a cavity on the spot, <laughs> <Yeah>. bruh. <laughs> and then the opposite has happened where, you know, I eating too much candy and then eating a watermelon after a while. It's like, man, this does this doesn't taste like anything. You know, watermelon is freaking delicious. Yeah. So yeah, no, nah, definitely like artificial. That artificial shit. Anything like that is just. Yeah, but it's sad, bro. A lot of people, a lot of people, just kind of fill 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 themselves up with it. I guess I, I don't know. I mean, it's so easy to get hooked to it. I remember, like, same thing. Like when I stopped drinking soda, and then I like only drink water for a while, and then I tried soda, and it was just straight up like drinking a can of sugar. Like it was the gross. I was like, "What in the hell?" How Dude, I... it, it feels like acid on your throat, bro. But like when you're doing it, like you don't. You don't think, like, it's delicious, man. Like, it's so easy to get, like, caught up in that shit and not realize, like, what you're doing. 
Even though I can't stop, I like Dr. Pepper. So there's Dr. Pepper. Yo, me too. Yeah. With some like fried chicken and like a <laughs> couple biscuits. <laughs> but like the thing is, it's like, it's sugar, like this fucking delicious taste mixed with like, it's getting you high at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's stimulating you in like so many ways. And like that dopamine rush, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're like literally like sal sal salivate for it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's crazy. Yeah, no, that's that's a hundred percent. I mean, it's the balance, right? Like everything in moderation. You know, you could drink too much water in a short amount of time, and that could cause you to die. It could cause your cells to like blow up. You know what I mean? Like who would have, like people have died from drinking too much water. And you can get, you know, if you eat too much red meat, you get the gout. If you eat too, you know, anything you do too much or too little of sometimes, it's going to fuck you up. It's all about finding, like, just that middle spot. Bro, I laugh because I honestly don't even know what gout. I've heard of gout, and I don't even know what it does. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. Uh... I've never had it, but, like, I know that's, like, an issue that some people get. Like, so I don't know. I think it just fucks up with your toe or something. I don't know what it does, but I know people can't walk when they get it. That's crazy. Red meat causing something with your toe. Mm. Man. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, there was an episode of um, Everybody Hates Chris about it. Um, oh, where his dad had gout? Yeah, Tyler Cruz. Yeah, no. Is that his name? Terry Cruz? Terry Cruz, yes. Yeah, yeah Terry well, the Cruz, actor, yeah. the actor. In one episode, he couldn't work because he had the gout. And all he did in most episodes was eat the meat. I mean, we eat chicken. I think that was like the, the, always those that play the chicken in the fridge. So I think it's something to do with just meat. I don't know if it read me specifically, but. Mm -hmm. Red meat is usually like the worst ones. Like, I don't people that don't go vegetarian. A lot of people will cut out red meat. So I'm assuming yeah. those are the worst ones. Yeah. So Andreas had told you said he uh, he listened to an episode where you talked about vitamins and um. So you you go yeah. in about health and and oh, taking care shit, of your body. Yeah. <laughs> I think you were talking about broccoli or something. <laughs> Yeah, I took a nutrition and drugs class. So I remember shit about nutrition. Here's the thing. My anxiety has always followed education. So when I was like learning about religion, I got anxious as hell about Judgment Day and like heaven and hell. When I was learning about driver's ed, I, I got so anxious I didn't want to drive a car. When I was learning about sex, I got so scared I didn't want to have sex with a girl. Like I'll talk to girls and go out with girls, but I just didn't like it was just anytime I was educated about something, it made me so anxious and thought so many questions about that thing that it would just sort of turn me off to it. So yeah. when it came to like nutrition, like oh you know what goes into your body is important your soda is bad i'm like oh shit what do you mean why do they keep advertising this shit why is it so cheap in the gas station why is there so many commercials in my face to drink this shit and it's so bad for me so like that sort of a um, anxiety sort of made me you know go into look okay what do these vitamins mean how do i read the label of products uh, right. and then when you get old and you start cooking is when you really start to like familiarize with nutrition when you do grocery shopping when you buying shit you know you want to be like aware of like what you're getting in and yeah. stuff like that 100%. so i think that was just something i've been doing like and then when you play sports too like when you go to the gym and, you, and you're doing things too you want to know that I think most people, like most sources, would put nutrition like over your workout, like what you eat being more important than the workout itself. So if it's like that important, then, you know, it's so easily to slack off. It's so easy to say, oh, fuck it. You know, I'm just going to eat this. I'm just going to pick up this from down the street. And I'm just going to, you know, to drink soda over water because you can, you know, like you said, you can get yourself caught into like, wait a minute. I know it's bad, but this could be delicious. I could drink this all day. <laughs> it's you know so I mean? good, but it's so bad. <laughs> Shoot, yeah, like, go get that Travis Scott burger from McDonald's. <laughs> Bro, I remember this one yeah. time being high, and I was eating some candy or something. And, like, the thing about, like, getting high is, like, you'll get these, like, visualizations. And, like, 
you're able to like see things so like it builds like bigger meaning to it and i was just like seeing this like sugar and stuff going to my body and just imagining my body like being built out of like like you know how like the saying like you are what you eat and just like literally like imagining everything i'm eating just like building my body and i was like oh this is not gonna hold up like no not at all you know i thought i was the only person that did that sometimes when i drink water while high it feels i can see the water going through like yes, the whole bro. way through and i can see my whole body i'm just like what the fuck is going on like and then i'm a skinny dude like i'm six feet like 130 pounds so Jeez. i hear my, i hear my heartbeat like if i close my fist like and i can just I can hear it. Like I put my hand on my thigh, I can hear it. I go to sleep, and sometimes I can't sleep because I can hear every heartbeat, and I'm like, "What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck?" <laughs> and yeah, so I was—I thought I was the only one, the person that would do that. Like, and then if I know like a yeah. quote or a saying, like "You are what you eat," then all of a sudden it just like I take it so literally, or like it just goes into different places with it. But that's interesting. This is why I like having these conversations because sometimes I feel like, "Shit, am I the only person that went through this? <laughs> that like yeah. thought oh, of this?" Man. Yeah, no, 100%. And that was like such a game changer because then eating, starting to eat more healthy and I would like feel it like benefiting me. And I was like, I would like, as I ate, like whether I ate bad or good, I would feel the effects of it more. Because mm -hmm. before that, I was just kind of eating and not so much thinking about it. Yeah, um, dude. I and mean, just like eating bad, like I, I know for a fact, like whenever I eat terribly and then the next morning you wake up just groggy low energy compared to man there's days like for breakfast man sometimes i'll eat a cantaloupe and that energy is just at a high all day um and it's crazy people think uh people think you got to work out and and run five miles a day to lose weight it's like just don't eat out and cook at home and you'll see how quick how quick you lose weight drink water you know etc yeah. etc um but yeah, no, for for a fact. I mean, for me, it's the opposite. So like, have you know, if I have smoked and then eat something bad, I'll just feel so terrible. Like, you piece of shit, why'd you eat that burger? <laughs> like, stop doing this to yourself. I'll feel my gut just kind of like expanding. Like, oh god. <laughs> and but then that's the thought process. Okay, Sometimes I gotta stop. I feel like, oh, sorry. You got cut off. I didn't hear that last part. No, I was saying that. I then the thought comes in my head like, okay, I gotta stop and and and, and do a little better. Yeah, sometimes you don't want to position yourself like maybe pre, you know, like um, like prep your meals. You know what I mean? Maybe like like do like lunch. Like if you know you're gonna be at school at work all day, you can do breakfast at home, and then when you can when you get home at night, you can do a light dinner. But the middle of the day, you know, when you got all this shit to do, like you know just have something set you know um that helps too and sometimes like um i know for me i was here's the thing there's like this page on instagram something holistic it was like um like a health page dealing with anxiety like ways that your diet affects your your mind because in eastern philosophy your gut is actually your first brain it's not your second brain so that way your gut actually knows what you just took what you just what's going on before your brain processes it um so with that in mind, that page kind of like suggests like different things. And one of the things for me is like having like a small meals, because sometimes if you get anxious or some shit, you know, the yeah, you, you need to eat or, you, you know, or sometimes the fact that away. you haven't eaten and your body's like in a, like in a survival mode or something like that. I realized that because I used to um, uh, fast a lot in the month of Ramadan, Muslims fast for a mm -hmm. whole month. Mm -hmm. So if somebody told me this like at 18, um, 
that you, my my senses are more heightened, my eyesight and everything a little bit because of that fast. But I didn't know anxiety is also there because anxiety is essentially, you know, so there was an article recently that Joe Rogan tweeted, actually, that talking about mental health anthropologists looking at mental health from a different perspective, basically saying that they are adaptations to adversity, not necessarily as disorders, but simply in um, a way that our body through evolution is going through certain issues. That is not a disorder is benefiting us. So you being anxious is simply your body in like this fear or flight response. You're always analyzing things. There's something to run away from or something to embrace either physically or mentally, you know, it goes uh, yeah. it, it goes both ways so you know keeping yourself like eating good gut friendly foods um you know eating shit bro broccoli like vegetables like that's what i'm talking about the podcast i even wrote rhymes related to this shit too it's like i just like <laughs> like just just cooking broccoli just like eating broccoli with olive oil some like sauce or whatever little balsamic vinegar and i just eat that shit up like chips like i've gotten myself to just like trick my brain into thinking like it's chips and i'll just eat the shit like I don't know. It's just... And your body loves it. Your body's like, oh, yes, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Our bodies have always liked it. Our minds just didn't. Because our bodies didn't like the junk food, but we also, we try, we convinced ourselves that this burger and all this shit is, like, really good for me. Like, you know mm-hmm. it's not good for you, but it, like, tastes so good because you associate the liking for it. Which I, I think you can trick your brain because your brain tricks you, but you have to find ways to play it and not have it play you. Until, and then it becomes a habit and your brain's like, okay, yeah. well, this is normal. Let's do this. Yeah, that's the weird thing is like we have these uh, primitive brains and we're living in this futuristic world. And like with everything, exactly like with food, we have these primitive desires to just like nourish ourselves. So it doesn't matter that it's not good for us. We just feel like like going back, like we need to feed ourselves because we don't know if we're going to get food or not. Like this is just like subconscious thoughts that have like been built into our brains over years. Um and it's it's weird because like most of society has gotten rid of a lot of these issues to where we don't need to worry about them but they're still still built into our brain uh one thing i so i was listening to school of excellence onto your technology uh uh topic so school excellence is great podcast uh really helped me personally just this basically uh forget what his name lewis house lewis house Ba- oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I followed him on Instagram, but I haven't listened to an episode of that podcast. That's oh, what it's called, School of Excellence? Should. Yeah, School of Excellence. You definitely should. Or School of Greatness? Yeah. <laughs> I always mess it school up, of man. School of Greatness, okay. Every time I say School of Excellence, he's like, greatness, dude. <laughs> but basically, the, what it's about is he'll invite anybody and everybody from different, from, you know, scientists, doctors, to even Kobe Bryant. He's had Kobe Bryant on there. Wow. And Before just he at, died? That's yeah, yeah, like, like a couple years ago. To- and that's that that was a uh, he probably looking back was like okay this is um now that after he's died he's like wow this is a leg like a legendary pot, uh episode uh but basically it gets people that they're just great at what they do and so one person came on he was talking about how depression and anxiety you know on a graph let's just say it's on a graph has gone up at correlating or parallel to a smartphone right oh shit you know so before it's, it's just kind of just progressively gotten worse uh and it, it, it makes sense you know hiding behind the screen and, and people are less likely to talk maybe make eye contact i mean you go out right I, I, a lot of times i'll be at the barbershop i mean before corona 
and people waiting to get their hair cut and they're all just like on their phone. And, yeah. And I, I mean, we're all guilty of it, right? Especially we're, yeah, the, yeah. we're the generation that smartphones were coming out when we were in middle school, elementary school. Yeah, exactly. Those years. ages, the comparing yourself to with other people, you're at a growing age too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we got all this shit at like weird emotional times throughout yeah. like our, our, our lives. So it's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And, and noticing that I, I've been after listening to that podcast I'm, I kind of made a conscious effort okay I'm gonna leave it in my pocket I'm bored right now and I'm in my thoughts but you know what I'm just gonna sit here and man it feels great it feels great and, and people watching this is pretty cool too yeah, you start noticing. You see some, you see funny shit. Like you start to like analyze people, and you're like, "Fuck, people are fucking weird." Like I'm weird too. Like I've probably been caught like sniffing some shit in public. You know, you just like end up doing weird things throughout your day. And you see other people too, and you're like, "Weirdo, weirdo, weirdo." Like we're all fucking weird. Like we're all doing. Like I saw a kid fall today on a skateboard, and I was like, "That's stupid, bitch." Like I was just like laughing because I've been at that age. Like I've yes. been. I was like, he went up on a penny board on those on the ramp, and I was like, "He's gonna fall on his ass. He's gonna fall on his ass," and then he just goes down. On the penny board and he's halfway through and bam he falls so hard he picks up his skateboard and he limps all the way back to his parents i mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he thinks no one saw him but i was like people in spain stare that's the thing like it, it's culturally like it's okay to look at someone's shoes pants shirt their hair like like notice like the smallest things about them and stare mm-hmm. and be caught staring and like most of the time people will still stare like they don't give a fuck like like Americans think it's weird because for us, like you know, we stare at somebody and it's like, the fuck, you gonna say something or, or not? Like, you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Problem? Like that could be the easiest way to start a fight. Yeah, it's like too much eye contact is not good. Too little, you're a bitch. You have to find like in the middle, like just enough of like Ugh. it's like prison. You know what I mean? You have to like, um, I you know, I'm not gonna fuck you up, but I might if you try to fuck with me. You know what I mean? It's like. I mean, yeah. I wish I could understand that analogy. But I'm not trying to get <laughs> shanked out here. Think I do, bro. I just read shit, and then when I retell yeah. it to people, like it makes it seem like I really know. But all you have to do, I talked, I recorded this today, like 20 minutes before I called you guys. I was like, all you have to do is quote a couple philosophers. Just like memorization is key. You can memorize some important shit. It just makes you seem like you know what that shit yeah. is, but you just memorize something. You know, it's not like you really know. Yeah. It's like school. Like that's why grades are irrelevant because in school, if you start writing shit down on your test. You just met the teacher gave the study guide. You memorized it. You wrote it on the test, and now you can say, "I got an A. I'm so smart." But you didn't think of anything. You didn't show any creativity or any way of your expertise. Anything. It's just just memorize shit. And some kids are better at memorizing stupid things like than other kids. That's facts, bro. Because in college, bro, I breezed. I breezed through uh, college. I didn't even try, and got C's and shit. But you know, I finished. Um, and on the flip side, there's students where it's like, that's what their value is based on. Um, and, and some of the most intelligent people I've met don't have degrees, you know, or didn't go to school. Yeah. Um, and that and that's kind of sad how, at least in a lot of countries, that's what's prioritized versus what's really, what's really in that person's brain. You know, because, like, comedians are one of the most intelligent people. Like, they, they, I mean, Dave Chappelle dissects human nature in, in such a great way. Yeah. I don't even think he went to school. I mean, he just. But his family did. Like, he comes, like, I think one time he said that he was the first person in his family not to go to school. Yeah. Like, where usually the story gets retold the other way around. But it was like, so, I mean, 
they're social observers, right? And it takes a certain level of intelligence to observe the things around us. Of course, you didn't do the scientific research, but social research is something we do on a natural basis anyway. It is natural for us to observe, to make assumptions, you know, like mm-hmm. in our hypothesis, and then follow that up with, you know, data collection. And we do data collection anyway. We follow people. We ask questions like like that rumor that you said that, you know, doesn't smell like, hey, why do you guys smoke? You know what I mean? Just certain things I don't know about. You ask somebody else and then you keep building, keep building. So that's all it is. And then telling it in a funny way. That just That's just, that's just creativity. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's all about. Yep, um, and that's what we kind of just decided to make it about too, like the show. Um, yeah, yeah, like a mixture of like, because like, the idea is like, stoners can like still like, do stuff, and they're not just like the idea is like break the idea of just the lazy stoner and like, the creative, uh, passion that it kind of like pursues in you, because um, that's like a big thing like we did for me is like uh it it like sparked a lot of creativity into me um and like we both have like the creative passion in common and Mm -hmm. that's like yeah that's what it's all about it's just like doing your thing and like finding your way to express yourself in a way that can connect with others and like that like because it goes back to like how we're talking about like um being okay being by yourself but like also like through that like you're able to be creative and still connect with others and Mm -hmm. fulfill this like inherent desire for humans to have this like connection with each other and i mean art is a level but like i mean you see one of the greatest paintings you know if you go to mona lisa and it, it invokes emotion and that and invoking emotion is it's different you know level of intelligence that if you can get someone to feel sad or or happy from looking at something you created, I mean it takes a certain level of intelligence to do something like that for sure. Like, but it's weird, man. Like how people differentiate everything. Um, yeah, that's so, why certain lyrics can hit so hard because it goes back to the art. It can, it's expressing something. It's demonstrated something that you were feeling but you didn't know how to express you didn't know how to label it or describe it or to say what it was but an artist does and that you know and when you see that lyric or you see something written or you know paintings like i never understood art like and the like you know like oh wow, look at this museum look at this shit like this means this and this and this i don't know any of that shit but i can see how that can be that's just like one form you know what i mean yeah, some yeah. people don't listen to rap they go to art museums i don't i mean I, i've gone to a couple art museums but even within that there's like different types of art you know there's old shit there's new shit there's like you know 3d art is animated there's all different types of you know graffiti art you know mm-hmm. all these different things so it's like just different mediums that relate to the different types of people i guess dude you can get inspiration from just so one of the things uh you like hip-hop i definitely recommend if you haven't done checked it out already uh it's called hip-hop evolution it's a documentary on netflix about the history of hip-hop um, and Rakim, he talks about how one of his influence was Johnny Coltrane, a, a jazz musician. Whoa, and Coltrane. How, because Rakim was one of the first ones. Because, you know, in the early hip-hop, it was just like, one to the beat. Hip-hop, yeah, you know what I'm doing on the beat. And It, he was, was, a, it was small, yeah, in yeah, the idea. And he was the first one to really kind of take his voice and add flow to it and flow with the music. 
uh, and he said how his inspiration was Johnny Coltrane because he would feel when he would play. I don't know what instrument he plays off the top of my head, but whatever he would play, Rakim was like, I could hear his emotion through his notes because Johnny Coltrane was living through the, the time of, uh, you know, civil rights movements and, and before that. So you can feel his the the emotion, the anger, pain, whatever it may be. Um, so one hundred percent, you can get inspiration from anything, bro. Anything like, and that's crazy. That's that's great that you bring that up. Uh, Andre three thousand and Rick Rubin on the Broken Records podcast had a very similar conversation where I saw yeah, that, bro. I, I actually saved. Yeah. I was like, I gotta check that out. I gotta check that out. 100%. No, you should. It was a great conversation. Yeah, it was. It was really good to like pick his brain a little bit, especially where he's at now because he hasn't put anything out in so long mm -hmm. but the the music he's playing the flute right now but he was playing a different instrument before and they were talking about listening to music outside of your genre will always help you will always be beneficial to listen to totally different types of songs because i think like bombs over baghdad um, that song inspiration was like from like some type of rock song but the but you could dance to both of them i forgot what that song was but they're basically saying that you could play those songs back to back at a party and if you can do that that means those songs could be in different different genres but still be consistent with the oh, same wow. type of energy yeah so it was good to listen to like different uh, jay-z was playing the drums since he was four and you know rapping is like this like the drums so he had that rhythm and you could hear that too because you you want to be able to hear beats and then you know like rakim like you know you know start that instead of it just being so simple like you said like that one two three four no it's one two three four but it's going at the same wavelength as the as the, as the yeah. music to the song yeah bro that's yeah i gotta listen to that podcast man yeah yeah no it's, it's really cool i was reading that rick rubin did a, such a great interview that he he does he did a better interview than people that are paid to interview um these artists i didn't know who he was i was listening to the podcast and i didn't know that he worked on music with a bunch of great people and a bunch of great projects yeah. but you could tell the way he carried the conversation the way he asked the questions which i put it like i put i put on a big pedestal like where to achieve it where he was controlled the conversation. His questions would evoke long responses from Andre 3000, but he was so relaxed and seemed like with no agenda. It's not like he had a list of questions he had to get through. Oh, he anything. talks like that, bro. Like, yeah, man. And then what happened? It, it literally like he had all the time in the day, which he probably didn't. Like he probably <laughs> did have other shit to do. But that that whatever they were doing in that moment, it just sounded like holy shit. Yeah, and he looks like God too. You know, like like Zeus. You know, like white and then the white beard and all that yeah, shit. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah just talking into the questions but it's easier to do that when you're face to face too you know when the physical environment is comfortable and you're on people you're comfortable with too mm. that completely changes the way you know the whole conversation gets carried out yeah dude so definitely check out that i recommend like both of y'all like check that uh that documentary out yeah, oh, yeah. um because rick rubin is one of those pioneers of hip-hop like hip-hop wouldn't be where it's at without him um just because he he was helped run DMC and Beastie Boys and LL Cool J and all these artists that were just influences for the artists that we kind of like. Um, so yeah, dude. Uh, all these, all these, I gotta listen to all, yeah. all this shit. There's so much, man. Right. Um, yeah. So Get me, lost in it. Let me ask you, bro, because uh, he, he had brought up, you had brought up, um, like the smoking bar over there. Yeah. What what's it like over there? I mean, the difference because I think Netherlands has bars too. Uh, and no, Netherlands is like um, I don't think the Netherlands has a 
I don't think it's technically legal. I think it's just allowed because I think outside of Amsterdam, tourists cannot buy weed. Like you can go to other Dutch cities, but you can't buy weed if you're a tourist. With Spain, it's a gray area. It's sort of a way where the government is saying like, we're not saying you can't, but we're not offering you a legal platform to do so. So what the associations are, you do official paperwork, like opening like a real business. It's not, you're not allowed to market or advertise. You can't have a, a storefront. It's, it's secret actually it's you can only get to it if you've been referred by someone else you need to you need oh, a referral wow. to go there and it'll be like some type of door like in the city normally it was some type of buzzer and you can go in um barcelona's like a bit more tourist it's like the 1920 speakeasies of united states but it's not but it's nothing crazy there's no code or anything okay. there's like this it's just it's not like in some weird part of the city it's in normal areas everywhere and you nobody even realizes because you know do you notice if nobody knows his bars you're just walking by or you know 7-eleven is just another business you know what i mean it's just but you can't have a storefront or something like that um or to advertise and you need to be a resident a lot of people places don't want to take tourists some places are designed the other way around to market from tourists not residents so it all depends on where in spain mm-hmm. and you are not on paper you are not you know buying weed at this place what you are is it's a social club and you are paying your membership dues and in return for those dues there are gifts that they can hand back to you yeah that's essentially what you're doing oh wow when like when i was in maryland i would go to dc um and it was legalized there but they it was like kind of the same thing there was like these houses and they would have like parties there and then basically a bunch of dealers would set up like tables at the parties and you couldn't actually buy weed, but they, they all made stickers. They'd have like custom stickers <laughs> and you'd buy like a $70 sticker and they'd gift you, they'd like, Hey, you know what? I'll give you some weed. Like, here's a gift. Like it was, it was interesting. It's yeah. kind of low key. Like, oh, I'm just going to just give this to you because you bought my $70 sticker. Here's a gift. Yeah. yeah nice, no, it had nice. to be called yeah. a gift. Yeah. So that's interesting because, like, that's like, you know, it's a loophole because that's essentially what, you know, the legal system is. It's just, it's, it's, it's loopholes, loophole, you know. The, bunch of loopholes. The people that wrote the laws, you know, they only did it so they don't get caught. You know, they didn't do it to, like, make sure, are we in line with ethics? Because that, that's bullshit. No, the ethics is here. You can do so many things that are not illegal, but they're definitely not ethical. Mm-hmm. And that's and, and, and when you have a system like that, you're bound to always get a bunch of fucked up people. They're like, I didn't do anything wrong. They mean legally wrong, but you did something maybe morally or ethically. So when those two are out of tune and we don't know how to define the ethics with, you know, the the way because, you know, we have a system, you know, two people can do the same crime and then get two different punishments. Yeah. You know, that that's, that's that's pretty fucked up. That's and unfortunately, a lot of people's uh, moral moral lines are kind of just way out there who knows what the hell they're thinking um but yeah man so what time is that over there you're like eight hours. i remember flying from germany like it was like eight hour flights bro yeah it is uh it's 1 30 right now in the morning oh shit. damn bro yeah bro over here it's it's what time is it 5 30 holy crap what is that 5 30 oh shit i woke up like around that time <laughs> I was up like the last night to like five thirty in the morning, mm. and then I woke up like at like two thirty four. And then by the time I got out of bed and like sat down, and I was like like looking for my like little roach, I look at the time and I was like it was four twenty p.m. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I went to <laughs> twelve hours later. Yeah, damn, <laughs> that's funny as shit. And that's the worst, bro. That would be the worst. That's the worst whenever uh, whenever 
you wake up early, you're tired all day, and then you hit that bed, and your brain's like, "Nah, boy, we're Let's gonna go. we're gonna think about something random." Yeah. I thought I was high, but I wasn't. Like that's the thing. Like I was just so tired, and then boom, next thing I know, it's like, oh. It's like I just had like banana and some water, and it was, like, it was just like I was like, whoa, <laughs> blinking, everything is like refunctioning. You know what I mean? It's like when you yeah. restart the car and everything lights yeah, up. Dude. It's like, oh shit. Whenever you're tired, you get those uh, sleepy giggles, and everything's just funny. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all the time, dude. You'll get that too. Shit, yeah. You just be like. Uh, like closing your eyes you're about to fall asleep you're like you'd be laughing my mom would be like you're sweating you're tired huh i'm like yeah but shit man appreciate you uh coming on man this was this was sick dude i was like this was too yeah oh yeah that was fun appreciate it yes what's the uh the unfiltered vitamin z yeah what's what's your tag man we're going everyone's listening uh find you and yeah, unfiltered vitamin Z. I think an unfiltered vitamin underscore Z, and it's on um, it's on Spotify. I, I'm distributing it through Buzzsprout. So if you listen to other places like uh, smaller places, it should be there. But for Spotify, for sure, it's on there. And I recently made an Instagram uh, page for it to unfiltered vitamin Z because I wanted to like put like short videos and shit like that, or like um, ask questions and and you know. Mm-hmm things like there too um so yeah those two places but yeah i appreciate you all this was a great conversation first off i hope you know a future ones too no bro for sure yeah 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 i was shocked dude because like i said oh some random guy from spain like yeah (laughs) let's see how this goes and right we've been i mean it's been like an hour and 25 minutes how long it's been too that's the thing yeah i I meant to finish this and like i got so excited i saw you hit it i was like okay that's how we know we do it we we have some you know good conversation going you just spark up and hit the joint man i haven't smoked with people in a while like in person i'm i'm usually like to do it like by myself um I like fucking around with people and I get like, you know, like interacting with people. But for some reason, like as an introvert, it's like a recharge for me. Sometimes it could drain me more. Like you said earlier with yourself, like where it kills the opposite. You're like, damn, I don't, I don't kind of like fuck with these people that one much, yeah, you yeah. know. But yeah, so it's like, it's better off to just like, just do it by yourself sometimes. Yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. man. But all right, bro. Appreciate it. Have a good night, man, easy. I guess. We're yeah, going to go dinner. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, man. We got to do this day. again. For yeah. sure, for sure. Appreciate it. Take Appreciate it easy, it, y'all. Man. Yo, see ya.